You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, keep it real, and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Business and motherhood can feel so lonely, but you don't have to do this alone. You're not alone, mama. If you're looking for support and a group of women who get it to run alongside you while you grow your business this year, then you have got to check out Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters. This space was created for working mamas with babies at home by a working mama with babies at home and is tailored to support you in business and in motherhood. Imagine if you had a place where you felt seen, heard, and supported in both. Yes, it does exist. Are you ready? Your bossy village is waiting. Just head to the show notes to learn more. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. We are just about a month into 2023. I, I know I just keep talking about New Year on basically every episode, but it is just insane to me that we are already in the year 2023. I honestly feel like I blinked and 2022 was over. And I think that like mostly because I was pregnant for half of the year and then the other half of the year I had a newborn. And so it was all just like this very emotional like blur of so many things that happened. And I just, I just cannot grasp and wrap my head around the fact that we are in 2023. And here we are again with time going by extremely, extremely fast. Like what is happening? (laughs) This is so insane. I don't know if it's just me, if I'm in some kind of like weird time warp or if everybody is feeling that way, but my goodness, time needs to slow down. And I mean, there's a lot to look forward to, but it's all just happening so quickly, I feel like. And so I am really trying to enjoy every single moment, like the good and the bad of things that are happening. And I am really focusing on just tackling my own schedule and being very intentional with my schedule, with my time, with my time with the kids, with my time to work. And that is something that I feel like is helpful, but it's still, it's not slowing down time. So I just, I don't know what's going on, but let's get into this episode. We have a great episode today. We are talking about the importance of play for yourself and for your children and how to really use playfulness to foster a love of learning and be hands-on with your children. Kind of like what I'm talking about with being, you know, present and intentional and how we can really find ways to do that within our homes. So I'm really excited to get into that. But before we do, let's jump in with my highs and lows for the week. So this week is really exciting because I don't know if you remember the mastermind that I talked about signing up for. It is like coaching and a group cohort of women who are coming together to work together, keep each other accountable. It's it's like this huge, huge container of coaching and groupness and just so much. It's so much. I can't even get into it. And 
I am beyond excited for this. It is something that I have been thinking about for a really, really long time, but nervous to pull the trigger because it is quite a big investment in my business. But this was the year that I decided like it is time to invest in my business. I feel like I've gone as far as I can on my own and it's time for that coaching and it's time for that group accountability on another level. So the mastermind started this week, a couple of days ago when you hear this episode and woohoo, I am <laughs> just beyond excited. It is going to be such a game changer for my business. I cannot wait to share my journey with this you know, investment in my education. I feel like that is something that so many of us are hesitant to do, myself included, and I can't wait to be proof of how important that is by showing you guys how it's impacted my business. So stay tuned for updates on that because I am really going to be talking a lot this year about why it's important to invest in yourself and your business, and I'm excited to take you on the journey since I've done that myself. So that started this week. That is super exciting. Low for the week is kind of with what I was talking about when this episode first started and just, you know, taking control of my schedule, taking control of my time, really focusing on routines. Now, my husband was off for four weeks and you know, this was kind of over the holidays and into half half of January. And my daughter was out of school for several weeks. Like our whole schedule and routines got completely flipped upside down again. It's like we had the baby and everything got flipped upside down and then just started to kind of get on a routine. And then the holidays happened and, you know, my husband had this time off. And so everything just got flipped upside down again. So we are really trying to get back into our routines and get back on our schedule. And it's just hard. It's so hard. And, you know, especially with little kids, once you get into your routine, that routine changes again. And, you know, with a baby as little as my son, you never know when you're going to be sleeping or if they're going to change up their naps on you. And so it's just challenging to really figure out like what my routines are going to look like and to stick to that schedule. So that's kind of been something I'm struggling with this week and it's my low, but I am feeling pretty good about, you know, like I said, being intentional with my time and really trying to take control of that. It's especially hard when I intentionally plan to give myself time in the morning before the kids wake up to, you know, get some time to myself, have that quiet cup of coffee, get some work done. I also like to try to get ready before they're awake. And that window of time is just getting shorter and shorter because for some reason my kids are waking up earlier all of a sudden. Um, So that's been, yeah, that's been a little bit of a struggle too. So we'll see how this next few weeks goes as we get back into this routine and, you know, just kind of like get used to how things run around here without holidays and and dad being home and all that stuff. So that's what's going on with that. With that being said, my mental health score for this week is probably about a six. Um, I am feeling overall pretty good. I'm super excited about the mastermind. I'm a little bit nervous because, you know, it is a lot of learning and excitement on top of my already packed schedule. So feeling a little nervous and apprehensive about that, but mostly excited. And then, you know, just the struggle of getting back into routine that kind of takes a toll on the mental health. And so I'm sitting at right about a six, which I am, I'm okay with, I'm okay with that. And so, yeah, we'll just keep trucking along and see what the next week brings. So let's go ahead and get into this episode. 
Like I said, I'm so excited we're talking about play. Now, I mentioned this in the episode as well, but if you know me, I've talked about it before. I don't love playing. Like playing, and this is so sad to admit, but playing is not easy for me. My mom told me even when I was a kid, like I didn't love to just sit and play with like dolls or, you know, whatever. And it's just never been something that I love to do. I think it's because I'm so like focused on getting stuff done. And as an adult, it's it's so bad. And so it's hard for me to play even with my kids sometimes. And so I've been really trying since I became a mom to learn how to enjoy playing because it is so important. We're going to be talking all about that and more on the show today. And our guest is a former teacher turned work from home mama, and she believes that learning starts at home and shares play and learning ideas for littles on her Instagram account. And she has so many great ideas on how you can incorporate more play that then turns into more learning and a love for learning within your own home. So please welcome to the show, Pam. This week's Boss Lady Business Spotlight is Radkey Virtual Services. When you want to delegate tasks and elevate your business, look no further than Brittany Radke of Radke Virtual Services. Whether it's project management, content creation, social media management, or other services, Brittany strives to help entrepreneurs reach their goals. With her attention to detail and commitment to her clients, she'll take care of the tedious tasks that don't bring you joy so you can focus on growing your business. Delegating tasks doesn't have to be stressful. Contact Brittany Radke at Radke Virtual Services today and delegate to elevate both yourself and your business. Welcome to the show, Pam. I am beyond excited to talk to you today about all things learning for little. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Okay, so... I am one of those moms, which I'm sure many of us listening are as well, that overthinks literally everything (laughs) and is constantly worried that I'm doing enough at home with my little. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't wait to dig into this conversation with you today. You have so much knowledge. I can't wait to hear your tips, but please, please, before we do that, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, what makes you a boss lady. Let's hear all about (laughs) you. So I am Pam. Um, I go by mom to three little boys. They're all five and under until February. And then um, my oldest will turn six. So I'm with my youngest being just under a year. So really the whole spectrum right now. And I came to fall into this role after my first was born. Um, We moved across the country when I was pregnant with him. So, and I was a teacher, so trying to get recertified and get a job just did not make sense while I was pregnant, especially considering the price of daycare and everything. So after he was born, I found myself really just lost, looking for things that I could do, looking for ways to entertain him, trying to figure out the whole baby thing, lots of sleepless nights, what do I do with myself? (laughs) So I started using my knowledge of teaching and what I was reading about babies to kind of start introducing education type activities at home. And as I did all of this, I realized that education at home looks totally different <clears throat> than what parents think. Mm-hmm. And that something as simple as reading a book can be getting your child ready for school. And like you said, so much, so often we overthink it. 
And I was starting to realize that so many of the things from my classroom experience was playing into my motherhood. And there was ways I could share it and help moms feel confident that they were getting their child ready for preschool, kindergarten, whatever grade at that young age. Yeah. So I've been transitioning into doing more of that. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So that's just so relatable what you're talking about, like <laughs> yourself in motherhood and then being able oh, yeah. to like figure out, you know, it, sometimes it can be really beautiful. Like that scary feeling of losing ourselves and then figuring mm-hmm. out like, actually I have these things I'm passionate about and that I'm actually knowledgeable in as well that I can kind of like build up to refine myself. Yeah. And I spent like in second grade, I did to be a teacher and literally spent like my entire time be- working towards that goal so for me to make the decision not to return to the classroom when he was born yeah it felt like I had let that goal that dream go yeah and I've realized since then that I'm actually using I have a master's of education in teaching learning and advocacy oh, wow. and I'm actually using the advocacy portion of that to relate to parents and stuff the portion of my master's i didn't realize I would end up using so much later. So it's kind of a whole full circle of realizing that all of this was preparing me to be where I am right now. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love that. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I I can't (laughs) wait to dig in further on that, but (laughs) before we do that, I do want to invite you to join in on this little segment that we just started doing this season where uh-huh. I ask my guests to rate their mental health on a scale of one mm-hmm. to 10. So let's start there. What, how are you feeling today? Scale of one I to s- 10. I so love that you're doing this because I have been all over the scale since becoming a mom. Mm, yes. Pri- versus prior to becoming a mom, I probably would have been like, I'm up here at eight, nine, 10 always. Right. And today I'm sound probably a seven or an eight. It's the holiday season. I love doing the holiday stuff. Um, the baby actually slept pretty decent last night. So I'd say I'm probably a seven or an eight today. Nice. But a couple of days ago, I was not up there. So like yeah. it ebbs and flows every day. And I'm so glad you're bringing light to that and everything. Yeah. yeah and thank you for sharing. Like, I, I really like this opportunity for like my guests that come on to be vulnerable too, because exactly <laughs> like you said, it ebbs and flows and it's like, you yeah. can wake up never knowing like what your mental health is going to be as a mom. It's kind of, yes. kind of like a wild ride. <laughs> and for me, sleep plays into it so much. I learned that with my first one, my first son, that like, if we have a rough night sleeping, then my mental health is like a one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if we have a good night, then my mental health is told. And it, it's that like cascading effect throughout the day. And it's just... It's been a crazy part of motherhood I didn't expect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like you literally never know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who am I going to be today? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so you were a teacher and now Mm -hmm. you're working at home. So you kind of shared already a little bit about what inspired that. But let's mm-hmm. let's kind of circle back to that a little bit. I'd I'd love to hear what that transition looked like for you and kind of how you felt <laughs> kind of moving through that. So that transition has been pretty messy. Um, having three kids so close together mm-hmm. plays into that, especially the first two are 21 months apart. So like oh the first gosh. one was still a baby when the second one was born. Yeah. Um, but basically it started with me just starting my Instagram and sharing stuff on there. And then moving into sharing my blog. And then I've had a Teachers Pay Teachers account since I was a teacher. Like What's some that? of my old teaching stuff. Um, It's a store, an online store, kind of like Etsy. Okay. Except for 
teachers make materials and then teachers or homeschool parents or curriculum people can come in and buy cool. the printables and things. So it's basically like Etsy, but it's all teachers. And so I started selling, I started listing a few things on there. In all this, I was never really like serious, I guess, about my business. I had a lot of things holding me back between that lack of sleep, the how do I make it legal? How do I do this? Because we were a military family on top of that. So like we filed our taxes in one state and lived in another state and might move to another state. Like all of that side of it kind of held me up. But in 2020, when everything hit home for everyone, we also had a huge transition out of the military and back to South Carolina where I was born and raised. And during that transition, um, and knowing that, you know, one of us had to find a job and like we had the money in the bank to like do okay for a few months, but ultimately somebody had to find a job. I considered going back to the classroom, but I didn't feel like I could do it with all of the restrictions that had come out at the time. Mm-hmm. And I started working as a virtual assistant. Um, my best, one of my best online friends introduced me to some opportunities and started working as a virtual assistant. And that's what I've actually been doing the past two years while I work at building my business into more of a business. I've registered my business now. I filed the taxes. Like I've started understanding all the legal side and gotten past those roadblocks and um, gotten my husband to understand what my goals are. And we're both working towards it. So like the time management has gotten better in the focus. So it's been a slow, is this what I want to do? How do I do this? Because entrepreneur was never something owning a business was never on my radar so it's been an interesting like how do I do this and everything so and I still do some virtual assistant work for a few select clients but I'm moving towards focusing on my own business as well nice well congratulations (laughs) on making everything official like that's a huge step like committing to your business and investing Mm -hmm. in your dream and yeah that's that's wonderful congratulations yeah Yeah. And how awesome to doing the VA work. Like that's just a perfect example of, you know, the stepping stones that we can take if we feel like maybe we're not ready to go all in on our own business, but the skills that you've acquired on how to run your own business from doing the VA work. have Yeah. And from just hobby blogging and doing it as a hobby and stuff, those skills combined with the virtual assistant, I'm finally starting to hit a point where I'm like, okay, I need to take this and add the consistency and, mm-hmm. you know, start feeling more comfortable sharing what I do with other people. And yeah. it's been a really slow process to getting there and a lot of mind blocks. And then of course, three babies, right? Some who slept better than others, some who had others, you know, like mm-hmm. there's been a lot of learning curves and a lot of adjust and we've had a few moves in there, you know? Yeah. 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 All the, you know, the timing has got to line up so perfectly. Oh, yes, right. Yes, and so, yes. yeah, I can definitely. And baby number three that. is our last one. So I think that's helping. I'm like feeling more confident that like whatever I put, it's not going to get sidelined as quickly and stuff. Right. Yeah. You're kind of in that like sweet spot now where mm-hmm. things are a little bit more stable and you know, yeah. project, like, as I look into the next year, I can see things just getting easier in the home life yes, so yes. that the business life can be. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, yeah. Congratulations on all that. That is, <laughs> that is so exciting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it's not it. It's been an easy road, but it's definitely been the right path. I feel like. Yeah. And I think just the, like the sheer fact that you have stuck with this passion 
through all of the bumpy road mm-hmm. and all of the twists and turns, it shows that that's something that you really know that you want to do, yes. uh, which I think says a lot too, especially mm-hmm. when you're investing in a business. It's not like, I'm not going to just change my mind in six yes. months, you know, because yeah. this <laughs> is my passion and I know I want to do this. So. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. And I can, I can relate to that so much. And um, mm-hmm. th- this podcast started as a hobby as well. And in 2020 is kind of when I made the transition to, okay, this means so much to me. I want to take this into something more than just a podcast. And I want to, you know, turn this into my actual business. And yeah, so yeah, your story is really relatable. And <laughs> I think it's so special. So yeah, congratulations yes. on all of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm wondering also, like, because so many people who are listening to the show have businesses at home with their little ones, and you've mentioned like mm-hmm. some of them sleep better than others, and, and you know, all the different things. Like, what's been some of the biggest struggles that you faced from going from working outside the home to now working at home with your kids? The unpredictable nature of things, like. Mm-hmm. With the sleep, my first was not a great sleeper. Um, he had some food intolerances. And, of course, we were rookie parents, didn't know what we were doing. Uh, you know, I was very much just going to sleep in his crib. That didn't necessarily work. But he's got to sleep in his crib and this and that. And just that unpredictable nature of never knowing how much sleep he's going to get, what's going to happen. And as they've grown, there's still that unpredictable so my girl wake up sick. Like I was all set to have this great ABC countdown this month. And we got the flu Thanksgiving. And it literally went from my eldest to my next to the baby. I had a little blip of it. And somehow my husband managed to stay out of it. As I mean, he do. helped, but like Always. he didn't get sick. He helped. He was not yeah. like out of it, but didn't get it. it was that like, that I happen? mean, I literally woke up to my oldest in the bathroom throwing up. And I'm like, oh, well, there went today, you know. No. <laughs> so just that unpredictable like the best laid plans are not always gonna follow through and I had some of that in the classroom but there was still that eight to three I've got the kid here we go here we go here and there's a lot less of that I feel like at home unless you create it yourself and then it's a lot easier to get off track of something if there's nobody else kind of that you have to you know take the kids to or at lunchtime that you have to meet and stuff so which is good and bad right yeah yeah. I agree yeah the unpredictability I Mm -hmm. am being reminded of that heavily right now because my oldest is four and so (laughs) like you know things were getting pretty predictable and she was a unicorn baby she was the best sleeper sleeping through the night at six weeks and never stopped she sleeps through the night predictable nap schedule even when she dropped her nap she takes a quiet time like it was all you know as predictable as it can be with a with a little kid yeah and now we have the baby and he is five months old and he is not so predictable and it was just like this wake-up call of reality of like oh oh man I forgot how hard this was mm-hmm. when you don't have like a solid schedule in place and see mine was the opposite my first one was the most difficult yeah but each one has had their little things at different points. So like, it'll be like, I think they're doing great here, but then, you know, Hey, surprise, like my youngest surprise at four weeks or four months old suddenly got eczema. Oh geez. And so that was like itchy and this, and now we've had to cut foods and this and that. And it's like, you were a dream baby. And then suddenly 
he's still the sweetest little happiest little guy yeah. I don't know how with all this stuff <laughs> <laughs> love him to death but like just out of nowhere it got hotter here and it flared up and yeah. so that threw me off because I spent months researching and trying to figure out what's going on with his poor little body and yeah yeah it's good. yeah each, each one's been different right which can just so, totally yeah. throw you off track yeah definitely. yeah <laughs> and I think you know it's it's really fitting I feel like for what you do for your business mm-hmm. because it's like you know, these kinds of things happen and we have our business and Uh we just have to like have fun and go with, roll with the punches and just kind of like get creative and figure out Mm -hmm. how to kind of move through this. And so I kind of want to shift the, shift the conversation a little bit to, um, to the idea of play and, you know, just kind of having fun like through the day to day. And we always hear people talk about like how important play is. And for some of us, (laughs) me specifically play is play is not something that I'm great at and it's something that was like really hard for me to get used to like I'm very like type a I want to go with this plan that's why like a lot of the shifts in playing can be really challenging Uh for me personally but it's like I want to go with the plan and you know it's down to business and I find that it's really hard for me to like shift into play mode so can we talk about a little bit why play is so important and then any tips that you have to make playing easier for the moms <laughs> listening that are like me that have a hard time setting aside all the other yes. things you have to do. So there's two big things with play. You, not two, there's plenty of big things, but there's two things that like I want to start with after listening to what you said. We don't always have to be playing with our kids. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot that they can gain from playing on their own. I say this, my first is not the most independent player. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we didn't like give him tons of extra playtime with us. It's just, I think he had more needs as a baby and got used to that. My second has been the type since probably six months, he could go over, sit and play with a toy by himself, be content, didn't need us to like, like he enjoys us playing with him, but he didn't doesn't need it all the time. Mm-hmm. And my third, I'm still figuring out. Yeah. <laughs> just now turning a year. But he's kind of a combination of the two, but more on the he'll go play by himself. But I think his difference is he has the older brothers. Mm. So like he'll play with by himself for a while, but he also wants to be involved with them and trying to play with them. Right. So like we don't always have to be playing with them and every kid is different. So like what like you were saying with the whole your two kids, what works for one isn't necessarily going to work for another. So keeping that in mind as you things. Um, the biggest thing that I focus on when it comes to play is having toys that they can use in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. So like when I buy toys, I look at two big things. Can they play with this in multiple ways? So for example, if it's something that's just going to talk to them and there's no interaction at all, then they can't really play with it in multiple ways. Right. And then the second thing I look at is how long can they play with it? I'm not a fan of, I mean, obviously age appropriate matters, but I'm not a fan of a toy that they're only going to play with for three months and be done with, Mm. with the exception of maybe like teethers and that kind of item. But like, even as we buy new toys for my youngest, I'm like, well, what are like, can his brothers play with this too? Play at each age is going to look different, but a baby can play with blocks and so can a six-year-old 
Right. So that's one of the things it's made it kind of hard for us as we get more kids to figure out what to buy the more kids because we already have some of those items. Yes. But that's been a big part for me is toys that can spark imagination can be used in multiple ways because even like a kitchen set. Yes, they're mainly going to be using it in the kitchen, but they might turn it into a diner or they might turn it into a restaurant or they might serve tea one day and coffee the next. Like their imagination's there and it can be sparked. And then the other thing that I try to consider when I'm buying toys, (laughs) and this one stems a lot from my husband because he does not like noisy toys, is how am I going to feel about this toy? Is this toy going (laughs) to annoy me mm-hmm. then maybe we shouldn't bring it into the house or maybe it comes out during a certain time like there's been different toys it's like yes you can have that while I'm nursing your brother or you know it becomes that special toy mm-hmm. that okay it's annoying but serving a purpose so yeah. those are things with play that I like try to focus on with my kids it's not perfect we have toys that only serve one purpose we have toys that were gifted that I keep in the house for a while and then eventually they might find their way out of the house we have you know the toys that my husband says attacked him when he tripped over it you know (laughs) (laughs) we've got you know the toys that get put away because they're too noisy but I try to focus on those toys that will spark the imagination and and the term used is open-ended toy but toys that give a lot of options and ways that they can play with it Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, we try to do that too. And I also, (laughs) I I feel like kind of embarrassed admitting these things, but I also try to see like, is this a toy that I'm going to have to be required to play, you know, as well, because (laughs) my daughter is very, she's very independent and very good at independent play. And it seems that my baby is that way too. And so it's like, I want to make sure that we keep it that way so that when I do play, it's because I want to and not Mm -hmm. because I have to. yeah yes and we I try to think of that too like there's some stuff like my middle likes to serve me coffee from our little kitchen area yeah but he can serve me coffee while I'm checking in on Instagram for my feed like so there's kind of like give and take sometimes too of like he's playing and I'm still interacting but I'm not necessarily full fully in there right at all times and other times I'm very much in there it just depends and I've noticed with our family there's certain toys that have become like the toys that my husband and I enjoy playing mm-hmm. with them like we I love getting down and doing the magnetiles with them there's something mm-hmm. so fun about them <laughs> so those are the toys that it's like well this is something I more likely to sit down and play with versus there's other toys they love playing with their hot wheels and while I enjoy sometimes building a ramp I don't enjoy watching the hot wheel zoom around the electronic track it's just circles and they crash (laughs) yeah (laughs) they enjoy it (laughs) yeah like okay go have fun with that (laughs) enjoy that one (laughs) try not to be too noisy (laughs) i love it so i'm a big fan of learning through play and i wasn't Mm -hmm. always on board with this concept until i saw it firsthand like my daughter was going to a preschool for her first year that was very like we're going to sit down and we're going to do book work and we're going to, you know, do all of these like very structured things at three years old. And it ended up the school closed. We had to shift. We had to find another preschool. We got her into this place that is like all about learning through play. And I was like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, I don't know about this. Like she was getting really good at writing letters and you know, all this, how is this going to work? But 
seeing the effects of this learning through play firsthand, like I am on board Mm -hmm. with it. I think it is incredible. So besides play, which we've been talking about so far, how else can we create a home that kind of fosters a love of learning for our children? Books. Um, Books is the biggest way you can foster a love of learning for your kids starting them early. All of our boys have sat in our laps from the time they were babies and gotten books read to them. We read books before bed every night with like very few exceptions. Even if they've stayed up late because we went and looked at the Christmas lights and this and that, we're still going to read a quick book. And they know that sometimes it's a fast book, sometimes, or not a fast book, but a shorter book. And sometimes it's a longer book. But reading is the biggest key. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know at one point there was a study that came out and basically reading to your child every night and you could easily do the math, but reading to your child every night means they read like thousands of books by the time they start school. And that's their first introduction to stories, to imagination, to what a letter is, what a word is, turning a page. I mean, even basic book skills that you don't think about are learned on the laps of parents. Yeah. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, the kids that came into the classroom that did not get read to at home, I could notice. Oh, wow. And it doesn't have to be before bed. Any time of day when you can fit it into your routine, maybe it's I, at one point I was reading to them during snack time or right after breakfast. The more routine it is, the more likely it's going to happen every day, which is why I know even if we don't read any other time of the day, they're going to get at least typically two books, sometimes one, sometimes three, because we let each one pick a book at bedtime. Nice. But if a long book is picked and we don't have as much time because we we do stick to a structured bedtime, then it might be one that night or it might be, you know, eventually three with three kids. We'll have to figure that one out. Yeah. I have to rotate. Like all short books. <laughs> all short books. But I do know they're going to get at least one book every day with no exception. That's great. Yeah, that's um something that we've done with my daughter too. And, you know, just because it's fun and it feels natural and, you know, we didn't really think about the effects of it mm-hmm. in that way necessarily. So yeah, that's really cool to hear that. And they love it so much. Like they just love oh, yeah. those moments together so much. One, it's a great time to have that one-on-one time. It's a great way to calm them down for bed, to signal mm-hmm. bedtime. Like the, I'm a big fan of doing it at bedtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, we if they bring us a book during the day, we read to them as well. Yeah. But the bedtime one is our consistent. We brush our teeth, get in our pajamas, read our book, and then we listen to a couple songs and we go to bed. Like it's just part of their routine. Yeah. And even my youngest is starting to figure out, oh, they go in there, they read the books, you go to bed. Like mm-hmm. it's just that routine that they've known since I want to say we started started doing that with my first when he was like three months old or so I mean we had read to him occasionally before then but that's when we started making it routine and the younger to just followed from there they you know yeah Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome yeah and that's that's such a fun way to get them you know into learning and then you know just kind of build on that I do Mm -hmm. I do have to say though sometimes my daughter can get like really frustrated when it comes to learning when we when we actually like sit down and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to work on our letters or we're going to work on our numbers. And 
sometimes I worry, like, am I putting too much pressure on this? Like, okay, it's learning time, like time to sit down, yeah. yourself, you know? So how can we set them up to succeed <laughs> with learning, even when it feels hard or like without putting that pressure on them? So for me, what I've noticed, and I just kind of naturally did it without thinking until later I started realizing why I had done is making it just be a natural part of the day. So like when we're playing, I might talk about, oh, let's put the blue cup here or let's put like just naturally bringing it in. Oh, let's put the triangle in the spot. Let's grab the letter A. The We went out one day to the zoo and afterwards went shopping a little bit and the kids were starting to get a little antsy and I just started going, okay, let's see who can find an A in the store. And so they started looking for the letter A. Cool. It was letter identification, but to them, it was a scavenger hunt, an I spy game. It was a game during an activity that they were not enjoying. Yeah, yeah. It, it calmed them down. It gave me a focus. It, you know, chilled out everyone. And even as I'm doing, I'm like, well, what would be the hardest letter to find while we're out like this? <laughs> My husband and I were like, well, it would be cute. Well, no queen size sheets, or it would be this, or it would like, we just started thinking about where do you find these letters in the store and stuff. And Fun. it was a nice, like, bring it in without it being like extra or if we're show if they're showing an interest in something then we will try to talk about that with them more so if they're trying to count then we'll encourage them counting or we'll count just you know out loud where we're doing something while you're measuring one two three the more they hear it the more they interact with it they pick it up my um second my middle child we were playing hide and seek one night and he was like two and a half, three. And we'd been working on counting some and this, that. So we'd been doing it more with my older one. And he's like, I'm going to count. I'm like, okay, I'll help you when you get stuck. He counted to 10. Like, I didn't even know he could count beyond like three. Yeah. And he just like counted to 10, like as confident as can be. And I'm like, well, where did you pick this up? <laughs> it, was, it wasn't me forcing it. It was just him paying attention, him watching. We had played hide and seek enough that he had like picked it up. Yeah. And it was like, okay, so just pick that one up on your own. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that a few times with my daughter too. Like, what? Like, where did you learn that? And it's like, well, you must have learned it from me somehow. <laughs> yeah. Or the other one, which I know is a very contradictory one in the um, education field and stuff is screen time can be used intentionally. And we are very as they get older, we've allowed more stuff. But when they were like toddlers, we would watch tv but we were very selective on what we would watch so we would watch things like leapfrog and um curious george and some of the ones that had lessons and things they would learn along with it mm -hmm. and i noticed that they learned a lot of their letter sounds watching leapfrog because it was that repetitive pay attention colorful but it wasn't like i would use it when i needed to get something else done and i was by myself with two small kids it was a tool rather than here, just sit and watch all day long, which yeah. my eldest would probably do if I let him. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a freak about screen time. Like I was like, first time mom, I was like, they say, don't let them watch it till they're 18 months. So she's not watching it till she's 24 <laughs> months. Like just re re in yeah, retrospect, yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay, you could have calmed down a little bit. I, I was strict with my first <laughs> until I can't remember when somebody talked me into letting him watch some 
like little baby bomb or something one of the musical yeah, ones like the music ones those are cool and, and I and I let him watch it and then when my second came along was where I really started going okay I have to like get him to bed and feed you and this and then there was only one of me because my husband worked 48 to 72 hours at a time and oh I basically goodness. had two small kids and big dogs so it was like okay I have to do this and no family nearby so it was all me <laughs> and it was like well, you know, it's 30 minute leapfrog. Well, let me get your brother a nap and then I can feed you and this and that. And I mean, yes, it was screen time, but it wasn't the worst screen time and it wasn't all the time. It actually at one point became part of our routine. You watch the show, the dogs are outside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll put your brother to nap yeah. and then we'll let the dogs back in. We'll eat, we'll play. And, and it's just, it can still be used as a tool and be used to help with the enjoyment side of learning as you were mentioning yeah and I like how yeah I like how you said like being intentional about it and that's what we try to do now too mm -hmm. and there, there are some really good shows out there like we oh, love yeah. Sesame Street too which I'm like this mm -hmm. is so cool it brings back so many memories <laughs> but um it's yeah. crazy I don't know if you've seen Sesame Street recently but not in a while a smartphone on there like in Elmo's world they call like smarty the smartphone to come oh, and like, nice. what do we do when we don't know something we look it up I'm just like oh, nice. this is so crazy but I guess that's the world like that's the world yeah <laughs> so, we have to remember that's what they're seeing right, like right. you can't just avoid screens they see us on them they see them when they go out to restaurants stores like yeah, completely right. avoiding it's not going to help either so right. yeah definitely. If you can figure definitely. out how to teach them to moderate it that's a big part of it I gotta teach myself that first you know what I'm saying <laughs> oh my goodness yeah. so we talked a lot about play and learning but how can we use play as a parenting tool as well so that's that's what I love doing actually on my Instagram and where it all started was I would take and I would get the ideas from other places sometimes it would be my own crazy ideas and my husband would be like where'd you come up with this and I'm like I honestly don't know but I would use a lot of um, tools and items from around the house to create um, activities. So basically like sometimes it's things that resemble some of these fancy toys that we see that we're told is great for development and this and that, such as putting a ball in an old like puffs container. Hmm. And I was, when I started doing some of that with my first, I was like, okay, this seems really simple. But then I would watch him and see that he's learning to put it in, or he's learning fine motor skills when he picks things up in a certain way, or um, when he does, like, you can put Q-tips into a cheese container and things like that. Just all these little things that at first glance seem really simple, mm -hmm. but a big part of our toddler learning and even into preschool is learning how to grip and learning how to move things and the fine motor which is all the smaller skills like your gripping and your um tracing and the stuff that comes before writing mm -hmm. so by working on that you're actually preparing them to write and then you've got your gross motor skills the jumping and the grabbing with your whole hand that's also preparing them for different skills down the line because that's all stuff that they have to be able to do and then on top of that, you've got, you know, like we were talking earlier, using the words and the language mm -hmm. and not dumbing it down for them. Mm -hmm. You'd be amazed the vocabulary a kid can pick up on. Mm -hmm. But I would take these items from around the house and then use them 
as a way to kind of engage um, one of the kids or both of the kids, depending on their age, while I got something else done. So for example, in our kitchen, um, when we were living in Michigan, I had a cabinet down low that had basically the plastic where um, some plastic utensils, things I knew was not going to necessarily hurt my yeah. son. And that was there for him to play with. And he could bang it or he could put things in things. He could pretend to stir. He knew that that cabinet was a safe spot. And I would kind of direct him to it when I would cook. Nice. Or I would set up a big bin of water and let him play with it in there. Because again, he's getting that sensory. He's learning to pour. He's learning all sorts of stuff. All through play, all through exploring. And me maybe nearby watching but not necessarily like diving in and being like, let me show you how to pour this. It's yeah. just him playing with it and going, oh, this is what a cup does. So I've used it, I used it as a tool. And like with some of that, the first time I would introduce it, I would I would play with them, I would show. Mm -hmm. And then I would step back and let them do and I would watch. And then some of them would become a, it's just out and they could play with it if it wasn't joking hazard. Some of them were still supervised items. And we're going back to like figuring out choking hazards in our playroom again. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. We're almost there too. <laughs> been fun. But yeah, like I would still sit nearby, watch, but not intervene unless I needed to. And it's been a good tool that does allow me to sometimes get work done nearby and things like that. Or they come and they help me with the work now, but you know, they've done a few Instagram reels and things now. I love it. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> or their big thing is while they're doing it, they know I'm going to take pictures to share. I'll be like, let me do a video. Can I see the video. It's so fun. The Can I see the finished thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. That sounds like something that we've got to try. I know we, we did that with my daughter. We had like mm -hmm. places in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's so special because it is so yeah. fun for them. They feel like they're not something they're not supposed to be doing and like mm -hmm. they're learning. But so much. Had, yeah, I like that tip. I was big on setting up yes and no zones, like areas yes. that it was like, they could do whatever, like our playroom has always been a pretty safe spot. Right now we're in a transition of making sure it's safe again because right. we have older kids, but um, we've always done the safety over childproofing so like we don't childproof a lot we teach safety so our Christmas trees have never had a gate around them same some of our plugs currently need some plug protectors because the older kids have gotten past that <laughs> he's supervised in the rooms that are safe now but like all of that we've taught safety rather than child proofing I mean if there's an area that needs child proofing we do like doors get child proofed for a while until we feel right. confident and things but stairs, once things like that. in it yes stairs we don't really have many of those now but yeah until we feel confident in it we focus on you know we make it safe and then we teach them the safety so yeah. like my six-year or my five-year-old can tell you what's a choking hazard for his brother That's because he's so awesome. me say it like he knows it's a joking hazard. They know what foods or sensitivities for their younger brother because we've talked about the safety. We haven't just been like, no, he can't have that. We've talked about why. They know exactly why, what it can do and all of that. Yeah. And I mean, we still have accidents. They're going to happen, but. Of course, the kids. Yeah. Then we go back and reteach and go, okay, did this happen because you weren't being safe? Well, what have we taught you? What did you mm -hmm. learn? All that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we just did that too. It just kind of felt natural. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think like so much of what you're saying boils down to like having conversation with your kids, like don't Mm -hmm. dumb it down just because they're kids, but like all of these things, like just talking to them, treating them like they're humans, talking to them like they're humans and they pick up on so Oh, they do. What we're doing, and yeah, and showing it to them, like they are constantly watching us. Mm -hmm. And some of the things I've noticed that they pick up from me, good and bad. Right, I would say for better. It's just like a reminder of like, (laughs) okay, he thinks that's okay because he saw me do it, Uh and it wasn't okay. But I will also break down sometimes and say that was not okay that I did that. Let's talk about what was going on, and I'm not perfect they're not perfect it's not all sunshine over here which I think is also important for them to see that we're not perfect you know like like for me I don't know I I think this is like a generational thing but I grew up with my parents on a freaking pedestal like they could do no wrong they were so perfect and then when I became an adult and realized like my well not even an adult but older and realized like my parents are humans like what they're not perfect and like Mm -hmm. my world shattered you know and yeah well and the stuff you don't realize your parents were dealing with because they didn't show you right and then as an adult you're like oh yeah I had oh I could have been yeah you're like I didn't know that was going on right but yeah I mean and my mom has always been very open we've had a lot of open conversations over the years and stuff but there still are those things now as a mom where I'm like did you deal with this right like I don't remember which she had two girls and I have three boys so some right. of it she didn't right <laughs> but like it's still been an eye-opening experience of there's so much more to parenting mm-hmm. and motherhood than like you expect mm-hmm. yes absolutely Oh my gosh. Well, I wish I could talk to you all day. I just feel like we barely scratched the surface (laughs) on the knowledge that you have and like the tips that you could share and all of your experiences, but we've got to wrap it up. Um, Before we go, we'll make sure you tell everybody where they can find you to Mm -hmm. continue this conversation because I know like I want more and I'm sure everybody (laughs) else does too, but I can't let you go without doing the hot mess moment. This is my favorite part of the show. I say that every time, but it is your chance to share a time where you've been a total hot mess because we have all been there and let's talk about it. So actually the one that comes to mind is probably back when my first was a baby and I had just gotten him down to nap in the swing because that was the only way I could get him to nap mm-hmm. and I was gonna be in the room so supervised so I felt okay with it and I hear one of our dogs outside barking <laughs> and it was a dog I'd had since before we were married um but she She'd been up there. She lived with my parents for a while when we lived in California, but she had come up and I look outside. And I'm like, what is she barking at? Our other dog, who is our lovely escape artist, was up the road. <laughs> and we lived in rural Michigan on three and a half acres. So like we're talking, there were fields, there were farms, there were trees, like he could be anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I happened to see which direction he went in. And I'm like, come back here. But of course he, he didn't come back. I'm still not sure if a gate was left open, what happened, because I don't think he would have figured out the gate on his own. Loved him, but that was not one of his skills. Yeah. So I'm like, great. I load up the baby. So I just got to sleep. So he was not happy. And he was like four months, four or five months old. So like we were not having a great time with sleep because we hadn't figured out stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I load up my dog, the other dog, because I was like, well, maybe he'll come to her. He won't come to me because it's the whole pack mentality. Yeah. I go down and I like see him and I'm like, okay, get out. Try and get him to come to me. There's this other guy or this man that lives lived down the street who's like trying to help me with that. He of course the dog takes off running because he didn't want to come to me. He thought he was in trouble, which <laughs> he was, but he if he had come, it would have been right. <laughs> Less trouble, yeah. <laughs> I'm like chasing him down and then I lose track of him and I'm finally just like okay I'm gonna have to and my husband's working during all this and I called him at work and apparently interrupted a very important that I didn't know was happening and he's just like whatever put food out for him he'll come back home (laughs) I'm like no that's not helping my like exhausted mom brain that wants this dog back (laughs) so I'm driving back up the road and that guy from earlier flagged me down and goes he's in the field over here what's the field of cows Oh, geez. With one way in and one way out. Oh, no. I I leave poor baby, who's finally crying, which is why I was heading home. He had been calm for a little bit, but he was finally crying. I get out with the other dog thinking, well, he'll come to her. And about that time, this cow takes off chasing our dog across this field. And he (laughs) was a hound dog, so his ears are just flapping back. (laughs) He has this look on his face like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) And the guy's up at the gate to try and help get him. Because I was like, he's not going to bite. He was a friendly dog. Not yeah. everybody was his friend, except for, you know, this cow over here. Right. I'm like, he's not going to bite you. You can grab him. He will not bite. Now, the one I had, she might have bit, but he didn't. And I look up at the gate where he's supposed to be getting out, and there's like three or four cows up there. So, of course, he's not wanting to go to the one. Oh, no. <laughs> well, this cow eventually chases him there, and the guy brings him back over to me, and I get him loaded in the car. Because we had a car at the time. We only had one baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> get him home. Get him in the living room and realize that he has mud all over his oh feet. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just like, I cannot. You know, like, put really him in the bad. bathroom. But I had just sat down to eat right around the time I had seen all this. So I yeah. shut him in the bathroom. And I'm like, I'll deal with you. Like, <laughs> hey, relatable. Luckily, I got the baby back to bed. Oh my gosh! In the swing again, but like I actually pulled that off, which was just like a little tiny miracle in the middle. Yeah, of You're like I needed my, this. <laughs> my other dog was just looking at me like I got to go for a ride. <laughs> I sat down and ate my um, lunch, and then I went and had to clean him off. Oh my gosh! The visual <laughs> I have in my head of this cow chasing this hound dog was- is so good. I can laugh about it now, but I was pretty mad. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. Like the sheer fact that you had just got the baby to sleep. I'm like in that time. And gotten food. Yes. I'm about to eat. Like I'm going through that. He's my baby's five months old, freshly five months old. And so it's like when you get that baby down for a nap, like you worked so hard for that. So that alone is like rage but then everything else on top of that oh my goodness that is so funny I mean now in the moment I couldn't well and unfortunately he passed away two years ago but um so he's not with us anymore but it's one of my legacy yeah he he left his legacy and it's one of my I've got a few different stories like that with him but that's like the the probably the most hot mess where I'm just like why am I even out chasing this dog with a four-month-old baby strapped in the seat? With cows. <laughs> like, cows of all things. Cows. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing yes. that. That is 
that is a good one for sure oh my a very unique one <laughs> yeah no I love it oh my goodness thank you okay so we're gonna wrap up so please tell everybody where they can find you what you have coming up how we can support your business and how they can get in touch with you yes yeah, so I can be found at little learning moments on Instagram I do have a blog that's a little needs a little bit of work right now but it is there and there is some stuff there but Instagram's the best place to connect and where I always share the most up-to-date stuff. I do have plans to open a membership program in 2023 along with some new products coming out. And I plan to do a free challenge around spring break time to help parents out while their kids are home from spring break. So a lot of big things coming up and Keep an eye on Instagram for all of the announcements or head over there to find um, what freebies I have as well. I try to send a freebie out to my subscribers every week. Oh, wow. For every other week. So, and sometimes it's just something small, but it's an ideal or a tip for a freebie of some sort. Amazing. Well, thank you yes. so much. And make sure that you go check her out. She has a ton, a ton, a ton of value, <laughs> as you can see from this episode today. Thank you. This has been such a delight. Thanks. I really appreciate it. And yes. until next time, you've got this, mamas. Stay yeah. healthy. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure you follow us on social at Boss Ladies and Babies. Join the conversation in our private Facebook group and check out everything we have to offer like community, coaching, merch, and more at bossladiesandbabies.com. And until next time, stay bossy.